Hi everyone, welcome to the Furl Academy and Law School Life and Beyond coaching series. I'm your host, Aaron Baer, and I'm a partner at Renault & Co, and also the co-founder of each of Furl Academy and Build Your Book. When you're in law school, it's so hard to know exactly what being a lawyer is like in practice, and it's hard to understand how everything you're learning ties to what you might do when you're a lawyer. So each week, I'll be interviewing a different lawyer to learn more about their practice and answer some questions from a group of 1L students at the Lincoln Alexander School of Law at Ryerson University. So without further ado, here's today's episode. So today with me, we have Safia Thompson. She is a 2L at Lincoln Alexander and really excited to chat with her about her experience in 1L last year, navigating the pandemic and navigating uh, being a student at a brand new law school. So Safia, thanks so much uh, for joining us today. Hi, everyone. Uh, thank you so much for having me, Erin. Uh, so as mentioned already, um, I am a 2L at the Lincoln Alexander School of Law. Uh, I was definitely in your shoes uh, first year. The only difference is we didn't have any upper years to kind of tell us any tips and tricks um, at our school, especially that was particular to our program. So the good news is that you guys have us now, um, and I'm definitely here to answer any of your questions. Looking forward to today. Awesome. So Safia, someone's asking, and I think it's a great question, you know, any tips on navigating the balance between readings on the one hand, which seem like they never end and there's just so much to cover, and then taking notes and creating outlines? You know, how do you tackle that in real life? What what was your approach? You know, what mistakes would you say you made when it comes to trying to do some of the readings and then trying to consolidate everything before exams later in the semester? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so in 1L, you know, again, it was my first year in law school. Um, so the natural reaction was to try to read every single word and every single case. Um, <laughs> and when you're reading hundreds and hundreds of pages a week, that can become quite daunting and exhausting. Um, and you don't perform at your best when you're exhausted. So I would say that to just, first of all, accept that you may not get through every single reading and you may not brief every single case. Um, and in terms of actually, oh, I think there's somebody that's on mute, there we go. Um, in terms of actually taking notes uh, from your readings, I would say to focus on the case law specifically, because that's what you're gonna be using when you are arguing um, on your exams. Most exams are going to be a mixture of uh, a fact pattern um, as well as a policy question. I'm not sure if your professors have already spoken to you about this. Um, so when you are doing your fact patterns um, and sometimes your policy questions, you will be uh, applying the case law. Uh, and in particular, when you are taking notes and reading the case law, I would say to pay attention to mostly the ratio the analysis um, and specifically the facts, because sometimes even if a case has a particular rule or ratio, you may be able to distinguish that case um, based on what you're trying to argue uh, in your exam based on a particular difference in facts. So those are the three main things that I would say that you would need to pay attention to. Um, and in particular in the analysis, um, one key secret that I like to share with people is don't just pay attention to um, what the ruling judge is saying, but also uh, what the dissent is saying, because you're gonna wanna be able to argue uh, what the other side would potentially say, and you're gonna, you're gonna wanna be able to do your rebuttals when you're arguing um, on an exam. Uh, and then the other part of the question I think was creating outlines. So that was probably the most challenging part yeah. for us. <laughs> Um, because again, most law schools, you have your upper years, you pretty much are just 
you know, you're given outlines and you can kind of tweak it to your liking um, based on whatever professor uh, you do have for a certain course. Um, but we had to create ours uh, pretty much from scratch. Of course, we use outlines from other schools for inspiration to kind of see how they are uh, created. Um, but you pretty much want to have all of your case law in your outline, um, you know, whether, I don't know how your professors are teaching you, but whether it's like chapter by chapter or uh, topic by topic, um, as well as any main themes that you're, you are pulling out from the case law, as well as from the readings in general and your lecture notes. Um, and then whatever you're discussing in your study groups too. If you guys aren't in like study groups, aside from this study tip session, um, definitely get yourself a study group because it will uh, absolutely save you uh, in your first year. So Safia, I'm curious, we're, we're, it's October 5th as we're chatting today. So it's, you know, we're about four weeks or so, maybe five weeks into the start of 1L. What were you feeling like at this time last year? What was going through your mind? Were you like, I got this? Were you like, I, I don't have this, I'm overwhelmed? What was that feeling like? Do you remember? Yeah, um, it was from September to October. It was a pretty much a one one or two weeks in. It was a every single day of, oh, like, why am I doing this to myself? Like, what did I get myself into? But then trying to remember my why and remembering why I wanted to come to law school in the first place. Um, at this point, right before reading week, I definitely felt and I was behind on my readings because, again, just trying to go through the process of um, reading every single word in every single case. Um, you really have to learn like the value in skimming. So if you're feeling behind right now, it's totally okay. Um, the great thing is our law school has two reading weeks, one this semester and one next semester to give you that opportunity to kind of uh, catch up. Um, and I would say utilize your reading week wisely. And uh, if you haven't received outlines from upper years um, as yet, you're welcome to reach out to myself for any upper years um, and start tweaking them and getting them ready for your final exams um, but also take a break <laughs> don't don't work for 24 hours all seven days of your reading week definitely take a break you deserve it your mental health is very important in order to do well um, so keep that in mind but it's totally okay if you're feeling like super stressed and like why did I get myself into this that's totally normal yeah, and I just want to echo that. I, everyone is feeling that way. And if you think it's just you, it's it's not just you. If you're not feeling that way, maybe you should be. Um, I say that sarcastically, obviously. But, uh, you know, it's normal. Like, you're one month into learning a new language, learning an entire new reality, uh, new, new set of rules, complicated stuff. And, and at the start, you know pretty much nothing, right? So everything is brand new. Every judgment is written by a judge who, unfortunately, is often writing for a legal audience who has read hundreds and hundreds of, if not thousands of cases before, and there you are reading stuff for the first time, right? So it's normal to find that this stuff, uh, this stuff hard. Uh, Safia, you mentioned, you know, the workload. And I know one thing that's unique about Lincoln Alexander is the number of assignments, I would say, um, that are going on at the same time as exams are looming ahead in the future. We're nowhere near there yet. And I know, you know, the administration did a great job last year of listening to student feedback and rejigging some stuff. But that being said, you know, one of the great parts of the programming here is that you get to do a lot more hands-on stuff than in other schools. Like I remember last year, some of the stuff that the students were doing, I didn't encounter until like my first or second year as a lawyer. So the fact they were learning that already, I think is huge. But I also know when you're in the thick of it, <laughs> it can feel daunting or overwhelming or challenging. So how do you balance like this, this growing workload on the readings and then you've got the assignments? How do you, how do you, what do you do? Yeah, so I think um, one of the main things is, you know, being able to 
prioritize um, all of your competing interests, whether it's just your academics or if you're involved in leadership roles or other clubs and associations. But the first thing I would do is map out what I did in my first week of school. I mapped out what when all my assignments were due, whether it's uh, electronic or a paper agenda. I'm old school, so I like to use a paper agenda and write everything down um, so on a calendar. Um, and another thing you want to do specifically is in brackets, put what each assignment is worth. So you want to know if something is worth 10% and there's something else that's worth 40%, maybe spend 70% of your time focusing on the 40% assignment because at the end of the day, the grades are, grades are curved. Um, and so you really want to do well on, assignment, on an assignment, of course, that's going to be uh, worth much more time. Um, and sorry, Aaron, what was the next part of your question? No, no, that, 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 that's, that's perfect. Um, no, I, I think you, you, you did a great job of, of answering that one. Um, I, I'm curious on your end, how did your approach evolve over the year? Like what was Safia doing, you know, the first couple of weeks of school versus maybe post reading week versus second semester? Were you, did you dial back some of the stuff in terms of, you know, the self-imposed stress trying to do everything or? Um, I was involved and I'm still involved um, in two leadership roles, one as a founding president of an association and then the other one as a vice president on another uh, association, um, as well as I was, and I still am on law review. So I was balancing a lot in my first year, um, and I wouldn't say that I necessarily dialed back. Um, the only time I really dialed back academically was when I was participating in the 1L recruit earlier this year, uh, which some of you will probably be interested in participating. It's basically just trying to get a job at one of the big firms uh, in Toronto. And I had to kind of focus on that, but I didn't really, uh, I wouldn't say I dialed back. If anything, things got a lot more intense, uh, which is why I'm recommending to use your reading week wisely. So that way you're not completely and entirely stressed um, when exams come around. Yeah, I think it's a great point. I mean, that that upcoming reading week, I think, is a good chance to reset on the sleep side, the health side, as you were talking about, Safia, and also just to get caught up, right? It's a week without yeah. additional readings to fall behind on and things like that. And and I think one thing you'd probably agree with, Safia, is is exams sort of come sooner than, than people think, right? Like the law school year is weird. It's a little different than undergrad. In undergrad, it sort of felt like stuff would wind down a little bit earlier, uh, in the semester, you, you wouldn't be learning new content always all the way up until exams. But I think in law school, you're still learning new stuff like, you know, a couple of days before or the week before. And at Lincoln Alexander, you also have assignments that are, are coming due and uh, that can be challenging. So I think getting caught up or, or whatever your version of caught up is more from a I feel I'm not behind, which is a good mental state to be in and also not being quite as far behind. Um, is really helpful because otherwise there are no real breaks throughout the semester and and that can be tough right before mm -hmm. you know it you're into exams um and there's the papers due and some other assignments leading up to it so i would just really encourage everybody you know use the time however you like don't go crazy in terms of feeling like you need to do everything but i think it's a really good chance to make sure you're on an even playing field and I'd also encourage everybody do some reflection. Uh, firstly, see family if you haven't, whether it's virtually or in person. I think that's huge. Sometimes we, we lose friends and family or, or we lose touch with them because we're so busy. Uh, so that's gonna be really important, but do some time to reflect on what's working so far for you and what's not working. And this stuff is personal to you, right? Everyone has their own styles. I have seen everything from people writing, you know, for open book exams. I was a big person on using my, my summaries or my outlines aggressively, aggressively use them. There are other people, and I did really well. There are other people who did really well that wrote exams off the top of their head. They had access to their stuff, they didn't use it. 
And then you can imagine everything in between, right? So there's no one size fits all approach. And I think it's just so important to really try to figure out what works for you. And I guess, Safia, how do you figure out like what works for you? Because obviously everyone has advice. How do you know what to listen to and what to ignore, including what I'm talking about now? Um, I, I, that's a really good question. I think I'm still figuring that out um, as much as the experiences that I've had this summer and my one all, I'm still figuring out kind of what works for me. But I, I think a good indication, it's probably super basic and you're already you know, like going back to you know, the different assignments that we have at our school is to try to um, take the feedback and apply it. So I think that's one of the main ways is to, to make yourself better and to kind of know where you stand. Um, and also try to utilize office hours. So if you get an assignment back and it's not really the grade that you were hoping for or expecting, you know, you've spent 20 hours on it and, you know, you didn't end up with something so hot, go to office hours and talk to your professor so that you can kind of see, um, aside from the actual written feedback, how you can improve and do better. Um, but again, figuring out what works for you really is um, a learning process. Uh, what worked for me was highlighting all of my case, my case laws. I was reading it, making notes in the margins, using sticky notes um, to indicate what specific topic that case was just referring to. Um, but that, not, that may not work for everybody. Um, there are some students in my year that prefer to just write the case law out as opposed to highlighting it. So I really have to kind of just, it's trial and error and figuring out um, what works for you and the way you learn. And, and I'm curious for you, uh, there was a question about study groups and it, it's one of these you know, topics that everyone has their own opinion on. My, my personal view is study groups can be amazing, but they can also be a huge waste of time. I know you were a huge fan of them, Safia. So if you're gonna use study groups, which I think can be super valuable, what do you wanna cover in them? How do you stay focused? Did you split up stuff? Like, like what was your approach and what advice would you have for the students on that? Yeah, so um, in our first year, we very quickly realized we had nobody but each other <laughs> because, again, there were no upper years. So you guys are lucky in that sense because you have us. Um, and we did split up the work. Um, I was in a study group of three or four people, um, and pretty much each of us took on uh, an outline. And I think two of us shared the fifth outline for whichever exam that was, or did we have four exams? I can't even remember right now. But each of us essentially took on an outline. And if there was a fourth or fifth one, um, then we would all share the outline or two people would get on the outline uh, and complete that. And then we would all get together and go through the outlines to make sure that everybody understood, you know, what was in the outline um, and to make sure that it was just uh, easy to understand because my the way I write or the way I brief a case is not necessarily the way um, my colleague may brief a case or understand it. Um, and I did find them useful, but you have to make sure that you are in a study group with people that when you get together, you're going to be productive. Of course, there's going to be a little bit of chit chat, you know, we're, we're human beings. Um, and like I said earlier, it's great to take breaks, um, but you want to make sure that you're maximizing your time when you're together and that you're also being respectful of um, everyone's, um, I don't want to say opinions, but everyone's ideas. It's really a space to share ideas and to argue different points. Um, and that will really help you on the exam because while you're writing your exam, you'll think back to like, oh, I remember we were discussing this theory or we're discussing this case law. Um, and this is what this person argued, but I would have argued it this way. So it's a really nice way to kind of um, make yourself more competitive on the exam because you're covering more arguments and more different perspective and viewpoints, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that, that's a great point. I think there's so much value there, especially just in, in helping other people or having other people help you understand stuff you don't understand. You know, I still remember when I was in 1L, 
some of the study groups we were prepping for exams and there was stuff that I just clearly did not grasp and thankfully other people grasped and vice versa or you know we were confused and as a group we're able to sort of figure it out mm-hmm. and, and, and look at some different resources and that was incredibly helpful so always encourage people you don't want to be a lone wolf um, everyone's got to figure out what works for them and for some people they might say this isn't for me and that's okay um, but but you don't want to be doing this alone and just from a social standpoint too uh, it's always easier I think to have some people you know you know you're working with together um, Safia, what would you say about reaching out to upper years now that you and others are upper years? You know, what, what, what advice would you give to a 1L, whether it's at Lincoln Alexander or another law school about reaching out to upper years, leveraging them and, and all of that sort of stuff? Yeah, I would say that uh, at our school in particular, um, we are very communal. Um, it's, it is law school at the end of the day, so it is competitive. I'm not going to tell you that it's not. Um, but we are all uh, pretty uh, communal in the sense that we actually care about each other because we realize that we are at a brand new school and we know that it's not just about us as individuals, but it's about the success of the school, generally speaking. Um, with that being said, we have most of the two L's. Um, we have a very open door policy and we actually really want to get to know you. Um, I've been on a campus a couple times and have met a few of you um, and that was really nice. So if you uh, feel comfortable, feel free to reach out to us. We're not scary at all because like I said, we realize that we all we have is each other Um, and I can put my email in the chat if anyone wants to reach out to me as well. Awesome. And I would say just in general, I mean, what you'll find is most lawyers, most law students are really happy to help when people reach out. So if you reach out, if you take that initiative, they will most likely respond. They'll help you, all that good stuff. If you don't reach out, you know, you're, you're, you're sort of leaving, tempting fate, right? You're leaving it in, in, in your own hands, really. So don't be afraid to reach out. Worst case, they say no. But I think generally and especially because, you know, the, the current 2Ls didn't have those upper years formally last year, they're really happy to help. And they've been in your shoes. They've taken the same courses, right? It's not like, you know, every, every school is different, right? But these are people who know the professors, they know the content. They know the intricacies of navigating different things at your school that are unique. And whether you're at Lincoln Alexander or another school, I think it's a hugely uh, underappreciated resource, as is office hours, as Safia, you mentioned. I never went to office hours. And in hindsight, that was such a great resource. Like you want to get to know your profs, like maybe you need a reference letter later. Maybe there's a TA or RA kind of job over the summer. You know, those are ancillary reasons, but more importantly, they're the one who's teaching you, they're the expert, they're the one writing the exam, marking your assignments. So, I mean, if you want to learn to understand an area better, there's really no one better than them. And I think typically what happens is people don't use office hours until right before exams, and then suddenly everyone wants them. So if you want access to a professor who's happy to help, who has booked off time in their schedule just for you and your classmates, it's a pretty good option. You want to come prepared though. Like if you haven't done the readings, it's not going to be great. But if you're you've done stuff and you've got questions, it's a great place to to go and a great resource to use. So don't be shy with those ones. Um, Safia, I know you got a one L job at a big firm, one of the rare ones. There are not many, and, and I was in your shoes uh, way back when when I was in one L. Also fortunate enough to get one of those jobs. What was that process like? What did you know about it before you did it? I knew nothing, so I'm curious. Like, what was it like for you? Yeah, I didn't know much about the process at all. Honestly, I didn't really know that I wanted to be on Bay until pretty late uh, in the game. Um, All I knew was that the 1L recruit was one of the hardest things to go through and getting a job is like one in a thousand. So prepare yourself emotionally for not getting a job. And so I heard that consistently from mentors and people that have been through the process. Um, But I also had my eyes on the prize. 
Um, and I want to say that it was probably one of the most challenging things that I've ever been through aside from writing the LSAT. Um, it was even tougher in my opinion than 1L and I know that sounds dramatic, but it is three days of very long interviews with multiple people. Um, and so you really want to just kind of, again, make sure that your mental health is in a really good space because it can be uh, super, super draining, but it was one of the most rewarding experiences. Um, and I would do it again if I had to. Um, and it ended up being a success for me. And I had a, an awesome summer. I don't know if you want me to go into my summer. Yeah, Anne, feel just... free to go for it. I was going to ask you that next. So yeah, tell, tell people, I guess, where you worked, what you did, uh, any surprises, things like that. Yeah, so um, I worked at McCarthy Tatro this summer um, downtown. And I was one of seven students in the 1L program. Um, and it was an amazing experience. I absolutely um, love the firm and I will be returning for my 2L uh, next summer. Um, and one of the main things I guess I wanted to share with uh, you all is really you're gonna, you're gonna see if you end up participating in the 1L Recruit or you end up working in your first year summer, you're going to see that these skills that you're learning at the Lincoln Alexander School of Law are going to actually make you super competitive when you're in the firms. Like even the lawyers were saying like, they couldn't believe that I was a 1L, like this is some of the best, like, you know, work that they've seen. Um, and so that was a very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? That was a really uh, great feeling, um, I guess, especially because we're coming from a new school and we're still kind of like branding ourselves and getting our name out there. And, you know, there were a lot of question marks around um, the program, but the firms are starting to kind of catch up and see that the practical experience is actually extremely important um, when you're a student at law. And that for me was a really, really good feeling being in a class with two L's, but having already done like a factum or having already done like a legal opinion or engaging in a negotiation and being able to talk that language with a lawyer was something that um, was an incredible experience. Short-term pain, long-term gain. So, you know, if you're, if you're ever feeling frustrated in 1L with all these assignments and maybe you've got friends at other law schools who don't have to do this stuff, just remember you're coming out of 1L knowing way more about how to be a lawyer and the practice of law. And it's hard the first time. You're doing all this stuff for the first time, an opinion, a memo, a notice of motion, all these things, but you're going to deal with them in real life, uh, most likely as a student. And if you do some kind of litigation practice, you'll be dealing with those, you know, on a daily basis. So, you know, Yes, it's a grade now, and that can be stressful and all of that, but the fact that you're building these skills is going to put you so far ahead of the students from most of the other traditional law schools in Canada, because they're not doing any of that sort of stuff. They've got a memo, they've got a factum, and that's about it, right? They're not doing this stuff. They're not talking about this stuff in class. So it's a huge advantage you're going to have. It may not feel that way in the moment, but down the road, you're setting yourselves up for a really nice path. Um, Safi, I know last year was a, a weird year, uh, pandemic, uh, often in 1L. Uh, the advice was travel, the advice was try to find a job, go back to your old job, and meanwhile the world was shutting down, uh, there was a lot of uncertainty. What did a lot of your classmates do? Like, like what was the reality for them last summer? Because I think it's always important for people to realize, like, you are the exception in terms of getting one of these jobs. So, so yeah, so what did most of your <laughs> classmates sort of do? Yeah, um, there were, so what we did was we actually created a, a group chat with uh, students who were participating in the 1L recruit um, and who had been given ITCs, which is an intent to call um, on call day for uh, uh, feel free. 
sorry, I thought there was a message there for me. Um, and all nine of us ended up landing uh, a few jobs at some of the biggest firms downtown. Um, there are other students, um, as well as in government, I should say as well, there are other students that worked at um, other smaller boutique firms or went back to their part-time jobs, um, either because they may not have have had that success they were looking for or because they actively chose to just you know take a little bit of a breather in their 1L summer and there were a few students that um, traveled but again not many because we were in a pandemic so it made it a little bit uh, more challenging to just kind of take up and go um, and I did hear the same advice you know just relax in your 1L summer because it's pretty much your last chance to to take a breather. Um, it was a very very busy summer but the skills that I've learned um, are none other than rewarding and I wouldn't uh, have changed anything to be honest with you. So if you're interested in working, um, definitely go for it. But if it doesn't pan out exactly um, the way you want it to, then uh, not to worry. There's gonna be an opportunity again to uh, participate in the recruit in your 2L for your 2L summer. Yeah, most people do not get jobs. You know, it's one of those labels, you know, results are not, you know, typical or whatever. Uh, one of those disclaimers, but but obviously it would fully encourage people to apply if your grades are even remotely decent. Worst case, it forces you to put together a resume and a cover letter and all that stuff. And that means for the second year process, whether you're looking for big firms or government or in-house or anything, you've already got some of that there. So uh, that process is in January. Last year was a weird year <laughs> where the 1L and 2L recruits were combined. This year we're back to normal. So, you know, not to add more to the agenda of things to think about between all the assignments and all the readings and exams, but just something for to be on people's radar. And my advice is always, you know, uh, for jobs, you got to start looking earlier, even if it's not the formal stuff. January-ish, second semester is the time where you really want to be starting to put that on your radar because the summer is in May, lots of places start recruiting earlier, whether it's going back to an old job, whether it's finding some law-ish related job, start early. Like, would you agree with that, Safia? Or? Yeah, absolutely. And I was actually just going to add to that. Um, if you are serious about participating in the 1L recruit and you know, like your grades are panning out and everything's aligning, you wanna make sure um, that you are starting early like Aaron just mentioned, but more specifically, you wanna make sure that you are networking early. So you should be, if there's a specific, firm that you're interested in, um, you, you should be reaching out to lawyers at that firm, ask them about their practice to see if it could be the right, and I hate to use this word fit for you, um, but for lack of a better word, but to see if it's somewhere where you'd actually um, enjoy working and to kind of build those relationships and that connection. Uh, networking is probably one of the biggest things in the legal profession, so definitely start networking pretty much now, and uh, during your Christmas break is really when you want to, um, and it's when I did my resumes uh, and cover letters because you're, you're going to want to have multiple people reviewing that, um, people from admin, um, if you have any family um, or friends that are in the legal profession, as well as if you have any friends that are currently working uh, at firms, you're going to want to have lots of people reviewing your cover letters and your resumes to really refine it and get it ready. Yeah, and Safia, what do you think, you know, sort of made you have some success in this process because I, I know, you know, there's, there's a lot going on and, and there's also, you know, the internal, there's people at, at Ryerson uh, who are there to help the, uh, the CPPO, but uh, what do you, what do you think made it work out for you? Cause obviously I'm sure other people applied. It didn't work. Was it stuff you did during the one L year to get the resume looking good? Was it your interview prep? I can tell you're very organized. I'm sure that helped too. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no, I was definitely very uh, organized in my one. I would say a little bit more organized than I am right now. Um, 
But I would say just uh, making sure that you have um, valuable experiences uh, on your resume, whether that be in student leadership or if you've worked before law school, um, as well as, you know, I had to really, I wouldn't say it was difficult, but you really want to kind of put your pride aside and ask for help where you need it. So I utilized um, Andre from CDPPO. Um, and I also talked to uh, other individuals and admin, and I also spoke to lots of mentors. Mentorship is probably one of the other biggest things, aside from just general networking. You're, you're going to want to have a few mentors who can guide you in the right direction, people that have either just did what you are trying to do or people that have been in the practice for a few years to kind of to show you the ropes because a lot of the times they're the ones that are making um, the decisions, uh, but really just asking for that help um, and being consistent. And as well as, of course, we've mentioned before, like for the one I'll recruit, a lot of it does have to do um, with your grades. So you wanna make sure that you are uh, sitting at the top of your class if you're gonna be participating for it. Yeah, grades are definitely important, especially for the 1L process. I would say at the end of the day, and I've been on, on both sides of the recruiting spectrum, I think I've done seven or so years on, on the interviewer side, which is a way better side to be on because there's no pressure. Um, you know, grades are, are, are important for sure, especially the 1L recruit. Um, resume cover letter is step two. So in the 1L recruit, you know, it, it's half, you're done one semester of law school. Not a lot has happened. So um less concerned, I would say generally with your law school involvement, obviously firms want to see you've done, you're involved in some stuff, um, but often your pre-law experience, you know, is, is really what you're going on there. Uh, and you can't change that at this point in time. All you can do is really sell it in a good way. So help me understand, you know, what, what did you do, you know, uh, in firms are looking for people that seem interesting. So, you know, phrasing that, and there's a whole kind of art to a law resume that is different than if you come from the business world or from other areas. They want an interest section. They want it to be two pages. There's all these things that for me were, were different, you know, not expected, I guess. So talk to the CDPPO, talk to upper years, you know, leverage those resources. Um, there's a lot of people out there that are happy to help you. They're not going to charge you and they're really there to make your life easier. And obviously at Lincoln Alexander, you know, the school wants you to be successful, right? So these resources exactly. they have in place, like if you get a job, that's good for, it's a brand new school, right? So that's good for the school. So people want to help you but reach out earlier than later, because the later you reach out, that's the time everyone else is, is reaching out to. Um, Safia, I'm curious, you know, right now it's early October, so I think intent to call have gone out for the, the 2L OCI process, which is the main recruit. How are your friends, sort of your classmates, how are they feeling? Is there a lot of sort of stress right now? And what is it sort of, what advice are you currently giving them? I'm curious. Yeah, uh, most of them were, they're just winding down because it just happened last week, I believe. Um, and I was very involved in the process of helping students out. I actually kind of had to shaft a few of my readings to make sure that I was helping them out and yeah. doing lots of practice interviews as well as another thing, but that will, that you should do a little bit closer to um, the actual one I'll recruit, which is in March. Um, but lots of practice interviews and they have been super stressed. It is, a, it is a very stressful process, but the OCIs are just, they're 17 minute interviews and it really is just a chance for the firms or the DOJ, the Department of Justice to get to kind of know you. Um, the stressful part really starts when you do the infirm uh, interviews and when you get your ITC, which is your intent to call, 
Um, and the infirm interviews happen, uh, I believe, the beginning of November. Um, but they have been super stressed. And I, you know, I've just been telling them to kind of just just take a deep breath. It's it's gonna be okay. And we are here to support you. And you know, like Aaron just mentioned, the school wants you to be successful, and that includes the students. And we see it as a legacy thing. So if you guys do well, we do well and the school does well. So um, yeah. Awesome. I've got a question going back to exams, since I know jobs are even further down the line. Um, what surprised you about writing law exams for the first time? Like, were you surprised by running out of time, not knowing where to look, you know, realizing, <laughs> wow, I wish I had like done my notes differently. Like what sort of surprised you on that first second or first set of exams? I think on my first set of exams, uh, what surprised me was, I guess, what was expected in the, the like the amount of time that you have to write an exam, um, you really have to, and that's why it's good to practice your skimming. I don't want, I don't want to say you should be skimming on an exam, but you are going to have to learn how to read in depth, but very quickly, and to pull out like issue spotting um, very strategically. So issue spotting is what you're going to be doing on an exam to kind of find like what the issue is in the fact pattern, um, to address it and to argue it. So. I would say that, yeah, the most challenging thing really, or the most surprising thing was being able to issue spot as well as write a coherent exam that makes sense and apply the concepts as well as the case law and the names, write down the names of the case law and all that stuff um, in the allotted time. I'm guessing that is you an A, A answer. A answer, exactly. <laughs> and I'm guessing, you know, you got a 1L job, so your first semester grades would have been good. Um, what do you think you did differently than some of your classmates, whether it was preparing for the exam, on the exams, you know, what, what made you do better, do you think? Um, I, I would say, I don't know, what, what made me do better? I would say when I showed up to my study group once, I know they looked at my textbook and they were like, oh my goodness, like I had like every, like I said, everything highlighted that was important. And I had like all my sticky notes and like stuff in the column. So I really like did my work and I was very tunnel visioned in my first year um, with respect to my academics because I knew that I wanted to get a job. So it was like my number one focus and then the clubs and the associations um, were second. I also, in first, in 1L, you guys, I think have a, most like a lot of participation marks. Like usually it's like 10 to 15% of your grade. Um, and I was very active in my classes. My professors knew who I was. Um, I made sure to do my readings and to answer questions in class um, and to contribute in a way that was meaningful to the conversation as well as um, ask questions that I knew would help me uh, for my exams and to help me write a more competitive uh, answer if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And someone's asking, it's a great question, you know, how do you network, you know, firstly as a 1L, but secondly, you know, it's COVID right now. Um, I know some classes are in person. Uh, there's a lot of lawyers working from home, right? Most law firms are, are relatively empty these days. There's people there, but there's not a lot, at least in Canada. So, so what's your, what would your advice be in terms of networking? And is part of it really just like getting over that fear of someone not answering you and just needing to put yourself out there and send out some messages or what, what should you do? Yeah, um, it really is getting over that fear because the worst that can happen is they don't answer. And I mean, it might feel like rejection, but rejection is your direction. So don't worry about it. Um, but the first thing really, because we are still um, going through the pandemic is to make sure that your media platforms are up to date um, with you know what school you're at, uh, what clubs and associations you're involved in, maybe what areas of law you're interested in, make sure your bio is up to date. And I'm specifically talking about LinkedIn. So that's a really great place to network with other professionals and legal professionals um, and other students as well that are in the 
legal field. Um, and you pretty much just have to put your fear aside and, and shoot them a message. And, you know, if you want any of the two L's to proofread it before you send it off to make sure that it's something that um, sounds and looks professional, you're again, welcome to reach out to us, but you kind of just have to throw yourself out there. Um, one thing you can do to kind of set yourself apart is to really, uh, like I said, if there's a specific, and you may not know because you're in your first semester of law school, but there's a specific area of law that you're interested in or a particular firm, um, definitely research the firm and maybe go through um, some of the associates uh, on the website or partners if you're feeling very brave and if they are in an area uh, of interest of yours, the same practice area, you can definitely reach out to them um, in like specifically. So it, it becomes a little bit more uh, personalized and you're not just going on a wild goose chase and reaching out to a bunch of people. Yeah, normally my advice would be, you know, reach out to people you have something in common with the same law school, you know, for lawyers though here in that case doesn't exist. You know, there, there is no practicing lawyers yet who went to Lincoln Alexander, but reach out to people, maybe similar undergrad backgrounds, similar stuff in common. And obviously as Safia mentioned, you know, if, if there's an area of interest that, that you have as well, uh, don't hesitate to reach out to articling students, right? Uh, first year associates, uh, when the summer happens, you're gonna have tons of people working at firms. There's tons of people out there. Most of them are happy to chat. Everyone likes to talk about themselves and talk about how great they are and give advice. It's so much, it's nice to give advice. There's no stress. You know, we all know what it was like to be in your position too, right? And people generally wanna help. Um, Safi, in terms of courses you like the most and the least in first year, I know Lincoln Alexander has a bit of a different schedule. What did you like the most and what did you like, if we had to rank them at the bottom or maybe we don't even have to rank them, maybe it's obvious, what were the least favorite? Uh, my least favorite course, oh goodness. I liked all of them, oh my goodness. What was my least, oh, sorry. It came to my mind now. <laughs> my least favorite course was probably administrative law. Um, I ended up doing well in it and everything was fine, but that was probably the hardest exam um, that we wrote in our, in our 1L. Uh, and we were doing it, I think in the same semester with constitutional law, which is another very heavy course. I think you guys have constitutional law now. Um, yes, you guys are nodding yes. Uh, so it was very challenging, um, but definitely got through it. And my favorite course, uh, I really liked constitutional law as well as, ugh, it's hard, between contract and property. I would say property law, I really enjoyed. Um, I don't know if there's anything else you want to be. If you like first year property law, that that's a good sign that you're in the right <laughs> place. Cause that's often a course where people are going, Oh, like get me out of here. I never want to do this again. Or maybe yeah. that was just me. <laughs> no, I would definitely say it's, it's property law is definitely it's, it's up there with administrative law in terms of the toughest courses. I would say the actual content in property law is, is, is much harder than administrative law. Administrative law was just a lot of information. Um, but you guys will start learning about the rule of perpetuities and you are going to want to pull your hair out, but it's okay. You'll get through it. It'll be you get fine. There. <laughs> and my last question for you, Safia, you know, any final words of advice to your 1L self, you're going to go back in time or advice you give to this group here. What, what, what does that look like now? You know, given where they are in the year, it's early October. What's that advice look like? Yeah, I would just say to, um, be, try to be intentional with everything that you're doing. And it's the advice that I give to um, anyone that I mentee, uh, whether they're in law school or trying to get in law school, um, be intentional. So don't go on a wild goose chase to, like I just said, to speak to a bunch of people, make sure that you're intentional with who you're we wanna connect with and network with, um, make sure you are intentional with whichever associations and clubs that you wanna be involved in. 
Um, and like I said, I, I know it's hard to see it right now because you guys are in your first semester of law school, but try to have a vision and a path and try to make decisions that are going to get you into the direction that you want to be in. So if you know that you want to participate in the 1L recruit, for example, make sure that you are focusing on your academics and make sure that you are getting those grades and you're sitting at the top of your class and it's not going to be um, a stressful experience for you. No, that, that's such amazing advice. And obviously, if you don't know what you want to do, that's totally okay, too. Most people are in that position, but certainly having a sense of what you might want to do and then putting in step, you know, doing the things to get you there makes a ton of sense. So, Safia, thanks so much for joining us today.